All right. Well, I tell you what, I went and got my, Shane went and got my hair cut yesterday. I don't know if I made the barber mad or he's playing trick on me, but I realized how short he cut it when I was sitting up there and the air was blowing and I could, I was getting, the back of my head was getting cold. And uh, so uh, I don't know what I've done to him, but uh, he got me good. I, I, sometimes he'll get to talking and cutting. Right, and I was—I remember growing up uh, when I was a kid. There was a the barber in the town I lived in in Coolmy. His name was Paul Shoe. Now you go in Paul's barber shop, you can tell him you want it cut any way you want to, but Paul was going to cut it the way he wanted to, and he had about one way of cutting it, right? And so uh, I think you get to a point. I don't guess you go to the barber shop, fellas. You go to a stylist. I go to barber shop. Praise God. Amen. And uh, so anyway, I, I did, I'm, I'm going to, got my head trimmed up and uh, it's cold. <laughs> Amen. So turn to Luke chapter 14, Luke 14 tonight if you would. And again, appreciate you being here. We're going to be in verse number 28. And uh, you know, as we look at uh, stewardship, it's interesting because people automatically, when, and I hope this series we've done on it has taught you that stewardship's more than just giving you money. Right. And uh, I heard a story of a preacher. He told the church, he said, well, next Sunday I'm going to preach on lying. Liars and telling lies. And he said, well, what you do, so you'll be ready for next Sunday. He said, I want you to go to Mark chapter 18, and I want you to read that chapter, and I'm going to preach out of that chapter. So next Sunday went out and said, now, how many of you raise your hand, read, read Mark chapter 18, about the whole congregation raised their hand? He said, oh, you're a bunch of liars. He said, there's only 16 chapters in Mark. <laughs> right? So that's why it's important. The Bible said study to show yourself approved, not just so you'll know the word of God, but also when somebody tries to trick you, you say, well, that's over in the book of Hezekiah. You go, well, somebody, some brother Eddie would be like, we're at in Hezekiah, right? right. So uh, we, we, you, you're never going to know everything about the Bible. But we ought to be a student. We're not scholars. We're to be students of the Word of God. So Luke chapter 14, uh, we want to we begin in verse number 28 is our text. But I, I, I want to I preface this with uh, verse 26. Now notice what Jesus said. He said, if any man, now again, I, I don't know Greek Hebrew, but I think any means pick one. Right, any of us, if we want to, uh, if he said, if any man come to me and hate not his father, mother and wife and children and brethren, sister, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, is that's, can we agree that's in the Bible? Yes. Can we agree that regardless of how you want to interpret it, that's, to me that's pretty clear that Jesus is saying, listen, I have to be first in your life. Everything else, children, wife, husband, even your own life comes after that. See, you'll never be a steward until you get that. Because stewardship's not about how much you put in the offering plate or how much you give to missions. Stewardship is about understanding that, uh, that we're bought with a price. And that when we were saved, the moment we're saved, our life is no longer ours, it's his. So he can, he can tell me to do whatever he wants me to do 
And if I do it, I'm a good steward. If I don't, regardless of what I do for him, right? If he tells me, do this, and I go over here and say, well, I don't want to do that, Lord, but I'm going to give you something, and here's what I'm going to do for you, then I'm not a good steward. Am I right? Sometimes we, we look and we say, I want to serve God, but here's my, here's my stipulations. It can't interfere with these areas of my life. Well, you can't be a good steward that way. So, so that's how he prefaces. That's how he, he lays the foundation for these next scripture. And, and notice in verse 27, he said, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Right. All right, now, now verse 28, this will be a familiar passage. He said, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. Saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Okay? So, so think about what he's saying. Now this is broader. This is our whole life, Brother Sean. In other words, God's saying, listen, I, but before we even get saved, I think we do people, Brother Jeremiah, say this service when we lead them to the Lord and, and we're not there to disciple them and help them understand that just because you accepted Jesus as your Savior does not mean your life is smooth sailing from here on out. Right? And I think, I think in order to get people saved, we've not been honest enough with them to say, listen, you're going to go through the same trials you would as a lost man. The difference is you've got the Lord Jesus Christ walking with you when you're saved, right? And so what he's saying is, if you're going to serve God, Jesus said, if you're going to serve me, you got to put everything else, second, third, fourth place. He has to have the preeminence in our life. He has to have the preeminence in our church. He has to have the preeminence in your occupation. He has to have the preeminence in your family, in your finances, in your faith. He has to be first or he's, he doesn't want to be at all. Right? Because if we put anything, Brother Shane, in the place of preeminence above him, it is by definition an idol. You may not have a little tiki guy in there that you bow down and pray to every day, but, but if you've got anything that has taken the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is an idol, and you cannot be his disciple, and you cannot be a faithful steward unless we understand that he comes first, right? That is the whole basis of stewardship. My life is his. And here's the thing, when he gets me, he gets everything. He gets my wallet. He gets my job. He gets my hopes. He gets my dreams. He gets my direction in life. He gets the moment I get saved till the day I draw my last breath. If I'm truly born again and a disciple and a steward, then what I'm saying is, God, uh, you are the one that I, am, I make a commitment to, that I, that, I, that I give my allegiance to, to do whatever it is, you want me to do, and I'll only be found faithful when I do what he asked me to do. Right? And according to this, Brother Jimmy, he's saying, I don't want you to start out as a steward, as a disciple, and not finish as one. Right? I mean, let's be honest. If, 
In 21 years, if everyone who started out the race on fire for God would finish well, a Wednesday night service like this, Brother Brad, we would have no room to seat people. So how do we become good stewards? So again, it's one thing to be a good steward. It's another, or one thing to know how to, it's another to do it, right? I mean, it's like eating healthy. You can, you can watch all the videos you want to and you can, you can, you know, buy the books and you can have the meal plans, but if you don't do what they tell you to do, it's all theory, right? Exercise, finances, you pick it. You can watch all you want to and have all the good intentions you want to, but until you become a practicer of it, right, it's all theory. And so we'll, we can th- talk about and preach on stewardship and everybody raise their hand and say, amen, preacher, I, I need to be a better steward. But until you start becoming a better steward, it's no good, amen. right? And so if we're going to honor God with our life, we must have a plan to do it. That's what this scripture is about. Now, some people say, I don't, I don't think you ought to have a plan. I think you ought to just get up and let God lead you every day and, uh, you know, with your finances and with even with, well, let me ask you this. So, so I'm, I'm, as I study the word of God, I see that God had an order of things the way he created things. He didn't create man first and say, oh, I'm just going to hang you out in space somewhere and then one day I'll create the earth and drop you in there, right? I mean, he, he had an order in creation. He has an order in, in writing the word of God, right? So what he's telling us, and here's, here's a big one, because I know, I, I know independent Baptists, I know how we is. We're not good planners, right? Well, Jeremiah, I know preachers, I, I, I know one young man, he said, I don't, uh, I, I believe what the Bible said. He said, the uh, Bible said that you're to open your mouth and he'd feel it. First of all, he took scripture 100% out of context. And after he started preaching, I knew that God wasn't the one filling his mouth because he ain't studied a lick. So we got to have a plan for our life. And that plan is to finish well in serving God. And he's saying in order to finish well serving God as a steward, I've got to start out well, but I've got to have a plan and I've got to count the cost. And so here's, that's really, this message is, I don't know, probably not real preachy, but it'd probably be practical. Brother Jim said that if you fall out and I need to finish it, I won't know what to do. Well, he will, right? This will all be very practical. So number one, how do we put all that we've learned over the last few weeks on stewardship, put it all together so when we walk out of here, we'll have a plan on how to be a good steward. Well, number one, we have to deal with our priorities. You've got to deal with priority. What Brother Jimmy mentioned this several years ago. I think it might have been in a marriage conference. He said, you know, it used to be that it was the priority. There was one. And so then, some reason, we didn't want to have the priority singular, so we made priorities, right, that we have all these things that are of value. Well, if we have the priority, it's Jesus Christ and glorifying him with everything we do. So what, in order to do that, how do, we, how do we plan our life and put those priorities to, for the priority, right? Well, first of all, I got to know who I belong to. Right. See, if I, if, I, if I don't understand the grace of God 
And, and the grace of God is only about me not going to hell. If I don't really see myself, Brother Brad, as the awful, vile sinner that I really am, right. that God saved me from, then I don't have that, I don't have that inner desire. In other words, I don't see necessary to necessarily be a steward. I mean, but, but if I see myself as a vile sinner that deserves hell and now I get to enjoy heaven and I get to enjoy being saved because of God's uh, unmerited favor, right? God's riches at Christ's expense. If I get that, then I know who I belong to, right? So I have to know who I belong to. That's right. You can't be a disciple of Christ unless you know Christ. Not a church member, not I got bad, I'm not even someone who professes to know, I'm talking about do you know him? Yes, sir. Amen. And, and just what we sang, sweet hour of prayer, what we sang, uh, the secret place, that's how you get to know Christ. Amen. If you have no time in the word of God, no time in, in the prayer closet, you will never get to know who God is. You, you just can't, Right? Well, I come to church and I want you to feed me. Man, all I'm giving you is dessert. If you don't get your meat and potatoes every day of your life, you'll be malnourished by the time you ever get to church on Sunday. Right? You, it's not, listen, it's not my job to feed you. I'm to lead you, but, but an under, he doesn't feed sheep. He takes them to the pasture. Right? So, you have to know who you belong to. Next, you have to know who everything belongs to. You don't own anything. Right. We've dealt with that. We're not, you don't even own the breath you got. Right. Man, when you got up this morning, God gave you, he gave you your breath, right? right. My car, my job, my, you don't own none of that, man. Right. My life. Ain't nobody going to tell me to do it with my life. Hey, what about this one? It's my body. Yeah. Not according to the Bible. You were bought with a price, man, right? I'm going to be a good steward. I got to realize that this right here is his. Everything I got is his, right? When I go pillow my head tonight and, and I might be paying the mortgage, but you know what? That house over there across the street, that's his. That, that truck I drove in, that's his. It's all his, right? This, these clothes, they're not mine. They're all his. See, we got we to understand we don't own any of it. Then we have to... Ask him how to best use it, uh, his resources. In other words, pray. How do you want me to use it, right? See, here's what we've done. So we've got so caught up in the quote-unquote tithe, right? And I listen, I believe tithing's right. I believe it's biblical. But some Baptists don't have a clue about grace giving. Man, they go, they go, they go into the 10%, not 10.3, not 10.45, not 11, it's 10%. If I made $145 this week, I ain't giving 15. I'm giving $14.50. Because that's what, listen. Pay attention, because in our mind, that's what God requires. And most people never get past, what do I have to do? 
When you want to be, when you decide you want to be a good steward, you're going to, the attitude's going to change to what do I get to do? It ain't what I got to do, it's what I get to do. God, listen, God's just trying to include you in his plan. Now, you don't have to. You, you don't want to get involved with worldwide missions? Keep your money, right? If you, can't, if you can't pray every year and say, God, what do you want me to give to missions or what do you want to give through me? And you're saying, well, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll, just, I'll cut out a few uh, Diet Cokes that break and that'll be my mission. But God don't want your tater chip money. He wants your obedience, right? So I, I don't know what anybody gives. I don't know what anybody gives to missions. I don't want to know. If, if the Holy Spirit can't get you right, I can't get you right. So what's important to him must be important to us. What's important to him must be important to us. You think God cares about your new truck? What? I, listen, I've always wanted me a new truck. I've always wanted me a new car. Okay, get one. I, but, you know. But here's the thing. What are you doing, what are you doing for missions? What are you doing to get the gospel around the world, Amen. right? What are you doing to hand out a track? What are you doing to work a bus? What are, you, what are we doing? What's in, do you think, I mean, God doesn't care if you drive a Dodge, Chevy, Ford. He doesn't care. But he does care that people are dying and going to hell, right? That's a pretty big deal to him. So you don't have to, you don't have to get involved with what God is involved with. But if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a good steward, then what's important to him has got to be important to you. Amen. And when what's important to him is important to you, you know what? You'll just do what he tells you to do. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. So our priorities, number two, is our prudence. What do you mean by that? Oh, well, here the Bible said, for which you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to, I want you to use your noggin, right. Right? right? And I want you to sit down and decide if, if what's in your heart is really feasible for God to do through you, right? right? And, and so when I'm talking about our prudence, we have to look, first of all, at, we have to use wisdom. For the last three, four years, we've been preaching through Proverbs. Right? What's, everything is about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is something God gives you and reveals to you, and he only gives that to you when you're walking with God, when you're filled with the Spirit of God. And so a lot of folks, let's be honest, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be straight with you. A lot of good folks love Jesus, and in our independent Baptist church have no wisdom Right? They get themselves in a mess and they're like, I don't know what happened. I'm, you know, I'm going to church. Okay, but you're not spending time in the word. You're not spending time in prayer. You're not seeking wise counsel. And the multitude of counselors, their safety. You, you want to be the, you want to be the long ranger for Jesus, right? I'm going to, bless God, I'm going to do it my way. Well, God will let you. Man, I found out you want to do it your way. God will let you do it. You got to use wisdom. Right? Even, even as a pastor, you know what? There's a lot of opportunities out there, right? But we can't do them all. People got, preacher, I'll tell you what church ought to get involved with. Well, you know what? Why, why ain't your church getting involved with it? Well, well, 
So what I found is we got to figure out what's important in our church, what we're trying to do. We're trying to see people saved. We're trying to support missions. We're trying to reach Spanish people. We're trying to reach English people. We're trying to run buses. We can't go feed everybody. We can't do, we're not doing a clothes closet and a food pantry. Those are great ministries. But that's not what we're doing, see? And you got to do the same thing in your personal life. You got to get focused in on what God wants you to do. And you got to put blinders on and not let the devil distract you and all. That's, that's wisdom, right? And so we use wisdom and then we have to be careful. Be careful. We're to, we're to walk circumspectly. We're to be sober, right? We're to be vigilant. Be careful, right? If you're going to be a steward, you have to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get caught up in all this other stuff. Listen. People, I get stuff, preacher, have you seen this guy on, I don't watch YouTube preaching unless I know him. But Jeremiah, I don't go out, you know, trying to find every wolf. Right? I mean, I don't know. Well, what can you, somebody asked one time, said, could you do a, do a series on different religions and what they believe? No. I don't know what they believe. I have to worry about independent fundamental Baptists knowing what they believe. Right? Now, we, we could say, listen, here's how we need to witness to a Jehovah's Witness, but we're not going to spend 18 weeks on all the things Jehovah's Witness believe. I believe this book, right? And, and so we have to understand that if we're not careful, we'll get distracted in our stewardship and serving God. And, and sometimes we're, we're so far, you ever done this? You're going somewhere and you're getting distracted. You're walking or riding a bike or, you know, uh, on a boat or whatever. And you, you're just distracted. You're not focused on where you're going. And then you look up and you go, where am I? Right? Well, it's no different. If you want to be a good steward, you got to find out what God wants you to do. Use wisdom. Be careful and remove distractions. And watch this. Let us see. Be content. Be content. Well, what do you mean by that? Be all right where you are. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Just be all right where you are. Yes. This world is throwing all this stuff at us all the time right. to, to get us distracted from serving God. Right. I mean, let me just... Who would have thought, who would have thought, how many, how many remember this, right? Now, some of you, will, you're like, preacher, I remember. But I remember, I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought I'd never be old enough to say, I remember when. <laughs> but I do remember when you could buy a small Toyota. It might have been Datsuns back then. But, I mean, you could get a new car for under $10,000, you can't even buy a hunk of junk that's got 19 million miles on it for that now. Right? You can't do it. And if you were paying $100, I think maybe we had a car payment one time like $140 a month. We're going, whoa. The average car payment today is $1,000 a month. Did you hear me? Are you awake? $1,000 a month. We didn't even pay that uh, mortgage payment for our first house. For a for a hunk of metal to ride around in that's gonna rust and decay, and it's like, 
It's this inflation, preacher. No, it's not. It's we're not content. Right? We're not content. You can't be a good store if you're not. Why? Because there's always going to be another trinket. There's always going to be. There's always going to be something else. Something else to get our attention, right? So we got to be content. We got to follow the Bible. Follow the Bible. I was reading this. Uh, I was uh, studying in Romans today, in uh, chapter eight, and the scripture was brought to mind. Because here's what we do. Sometimes you you cannot li- listen. What I'm saying. All right. You cannot trust your emotions. Right? And I hear it all the time. Christians say, well, I, I believe in my heart of hearts. I don't know what that is. Your heart of hearts. What, that, is some, that is some secular terminology to make it sound like down, way down deep in your soul you know something. Here's the problem. Jeremiah said our heart is deceitful. Right? You can't know it. And there's sometimes you're going to feel like things are okay but they're really not in serving God. And you know what you do then? You go back to the Word of God. You got to find, well, I, I, here's, and we do it all the time. Well, I feel like God would understand. Where in the Bible do you get that? Right? If you're going to be a good steward, and I'm talking again, not just your money, but your life, you're going to have to follow the Bible. You can't follow your heart. You cannot follow your intellect. And then we have to count the cost of every decision we make. Every decision we make has a consequence, positive or negative. Some are big, some are small. But every decision we make has a consequence. When you decided this evening to come to church, there was a consequence attached. It's a positive one. For those that decided they weren't coming, we're going to stay home because they're too tired or it got dark or we hadn't had supper or, you know, whatever. My show's on and I'll just watch church later. That's a consequence. The consequence is this. The more you do it, the easier it's going to be to do. Right? So every decision that you make and I make has a consequence. When we do right things, there's positive things. When we do wrong things, there's negative. And we have to, as a steward, we have to discern what those things are before they even happen. You can't do that all the time. But let's be honest. There are certain things that you don't, you don't have to have experience to understand the principle. Right? I'll give you an example. I can look at our, I can look at our government and see that we're $35 trillion in debt, and I don't have to go in debt to understand that if I spend more than I make, I'm going to be in debt. I can learn that principle from somewhere, somewhere else, right? So what I'm saying is, if you will understand and you'll just say, listen, God, I want to, do, I want to be a good steward with my life with my dreams, with my finances, with my faith, with my fitness, with my, yeah. what I want, but, but you got to guide me because I know my flesh. Yeah. My flesh, I'll make the wrong decision 99.9% of the time. So I need you. I believe he'll honor that. So our prudence is we have to count the cost ahead of time. That's what this scripture tells us to do. Then number three is here's our, here's our plan, all right? This will be more of our financial plan, right? All right, this is going to be basic, but if you say, well, preacher, that's so simple. Okay. Why ain't we doing it? That's right. right? 
Ready? Here it is. First, our giving. We didn't say last, giving. Give and it shall be given. Right? Well, here, here's the kicker to that verse, Brother Eddie. Where'd you get the stuff that you're given so that God can give back to you? Right? You say, well, I earned it. No, he gave it to you to give. Isn't that amazing? Yes, God's not saying, listen, you got to produce it. He's saying, I'm going to give it to you yes, to give to me so I can give back to you. Amen. And then you take that and give to me again, and I'll give back to you. But you know what we're doing? A lot of folks, we're going, well, you know what, preacher? That inflation that happened because of COVID and, and uh, uh, you know, 2020 Biden administration. You, listen, most people were in trouble before that ever got here. Right? I mean, if we're honest, most people have, have been in trouble since 2008 when they started the quantitative easing because they, all the politicians wanted to get votes. Right? That's, well, let's just be honest. It started way before that. But probably in our, in our life generation, that's when it really started getting bad. So it's just like, well, you know, just kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road, buy more, buy more, buy more. Hey, bought a car, didn't pay it off. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll just take what you owed on that last car and we'll flip that into your new loan and the car that you have that's worth $18,000, you're going to be paying $24,000 on it because we're going to take the old loan and put on that and we're going to go, all right, whatever, as long as my payments are right. Right? As long as my payments are right. Get me my, well, no problem. We're just going to have to finance it for 34 years on this car. We're going to get your payments down there where you need it. Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, got to, you know, Christmas coming up. If I don't get all the kids all the toys that they want, then they're going to not have a good childhood and they're probably going to end up in jail sometime. And, you know, they're going to be the next Jeffrey Dahmer if I don't get them all the trinkets, right? So we got to put that on the Citibank. And it's only 7.99%. Well, I bet it ain't now, is it? And they're like, them credit cards are ripping us off. They're 29.99%, which you shouldn't have done to start with. Can I get a witness on that? See what I'm saying? All this didn't start two years ago. It started because we weren't content. And so what, I, I said all that, Brother Foy, you know what happens? It's like, I can't give because I got all these bills. I got all this other stuff. Here's what you're saying. All this other stuff, Lord, is my idol. You don't get the preeminence. You don't come first. You say, well, preach it really don't matter in the order that you give as long as you get. Uh -huh. Well, I think, if I'm wrong, tell me. If I'm wrong, I think the Bible calls it First fruits, not leftovers. I like leftovers, praise God. Eating them. See, God don't deserve that. You can't be a good steward unless he has the, what, preeminence, and that is in our giving, right? Well, guess what comes next? 
I know what comes next, preacher, spending. Nope, 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 nope. Notice, he said, which you intend to build a tower, said it's not down first, count the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Well, how did he have sufficient to finish it? They probably went down to the credit union and got him a 49-year loan. No, save it. You give God what he tells you to give, that's 10%, 12%, 20%, whatever he tells you to give, right? right. You say, well, I'm giving 10% because that's what the Bible said. Well, Paul said this, that we're to give as God has given to us, right. right? So then our savings, right, got to put some back. Then there's spending. you got to live. City election don't take faith checks. They want you to have a real check that you write them for your power bill. Right? And investing. Now let me say something about investing. I'm talking about temporal investing. And I'm talking about spiritual investing. The stuff you invest for down here, let me give you, let me, let me help you in on a little secret. When they put you in the ground, it's going to stay here. Yes. The investing you do up there is going to be eternal. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I won't take. Here's, let, me, let me help you with this too. Some of you my age, are, you know, you're probably not going to have to worry about this. You're probably going to have to work till they put you in the ground. I mean, it's, I don't mean to depress you on a Wednesday night, but let's just get real. Some of you, you're like, well, I'm close to retirement. Well, just because you're retiring, that, don't, that doesn't mean you're on permanent vacation. That means you got more, you have more opportunity to serve God. Right? That's good preaching. I'll shout on that myself. Amen. Now, let me give you this in quick, and I know what time it is. Number four is our persistence. What's that mean? I have to have a clear vision of where we're going. I got to know where I'm going. That's, That's what he's saying. I got to count the cost because notice in verse 30, the Bible said, this man began to build, was not able to finish it. I don't want to get to the end and people look at me and go, yep, I knew it. And believe it or not, listen to me, there's people out there waiting for you to fail. There, there's, I don't care what to tell you, they're waiting. They're saying, you can you serve God 40 years. And the 41st year would be like, I've had all I can take. I'm just done. Somebody's going to say, I knew it wasn't real. Right? right. I knew it wasn't real. Yes, well, I have to have a clear vision where I'm going. Yes. And how do I do that? I've got to keep my eyes on the preeminent one. Yes. I've got to stay focused on Jesus, folks. You've got to stay. There's going, Satan's going through all kinds of distractions. Yes, hey, we had a phenomenal day Sunday. I'm... Man, I'm on cloud 11 on Monday. I ain't going to tell you what happened. I get something in the mail. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, devil, you ain't getting me, hallelujah, right? There's always something. If you're going to quit every time something bad happens, you might as well just quit now, right? Stay focused. So I have to have a clear vision of where I'm going. Then I have to be consistent every month in what I'm doing. To be consistent every month, i got to be consistent every day. 
to be consistent every day, I got to get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours today. What do you want out of me? Give me my marching orders, right? We're coming up on January 1st. You say, I'm going to have some goals for the year. Great. But if you have this big goal of I'm going to read my Bible through one time this year, that's great. But if you don't have a daily plan on how you're going to do it, you won't do it. Just won't do it, right? I'm going to save money this year. How much? I don't know. And you won't save any, right? Or something like I saved a dollar. I just I didn't put a number to it. I just almost, I got a dollar left over. All right. Be consistent, and then be committed. I got to stay on course. I'm just listen. Stay on course. Stay on course. You want to be a good steward, finish well. Stay on course, and then letter D. Financially, you have to live on less than you make and give what God tells you to give. Live on less than you make. That's just simple, right? It's not easy, but it's simple. A lot of things that are right, it's not easy, it's simple. You just don't understand my situation. I got all these bills and I don't make this kind of money. Well, get rid of some bills. Right? Get rid of some bills. I mean, you ain't, you ain't got to have 1,400 channels on direct TV, do you? Right? Yeah, but what am I gonna watch? What am I gonna watch the Panthers on? You ain't even gotta watch them. I tell you what's gonna happen, they're gonna lose. Right? I tell you, you, you can look at the score and you say, Well, yeah, preacher, he's a prophet. That's exactly right. They're gonna lose, right? Yeah, but what about I gotta have a I gotta have I gotta have internet, right? Everybody gotta have the internet. Well you yeah, you got on at home and on your phone and you got on, you got all that. I got to have a reliable car. You do. That baby ain't got to drive itself. It have heated and air conditioned seats, so does it, right? Then. Now, if God gives you the green light to get that, get it. But I think I'd make sure I count the cost so I can finish well. Finish well. I've seen a lot of folks start well. Hey, watch this. But Jeremiah's even preachers. I've seen a lot of them start well. Good. I, I want to finish well, don't Amen. you? Amen. Praise God. Let's do this. We're going to finish out the service in prayer. And so if you're able to, come around the altar and pray. If not, you can stay.